Welcome to an episode of Video Game Logic. Today's episode was recorded on July the 7th, 2020. I'm your host, gaming psychologist, and with me, as always, someone who's not a COVID-idiot. Uh, caffeine rage, or well, at least I hope so. On today's show, we will, of course, be discussing the games that we have played recently. NBA 2K21's price is $10 more expensive on Xbox Series X and the PS5. Naughty Dog condemns abusive fan response to The Last of Us 2, and we will have a Steam Discovery queue. Timestamps will be in the show notes following their respective topics. Hello, Rage. Hello. What's shaking, Bacon? Uh, well, I'm, I'm glad we haven't talked much before we started recording this. Otherwise, we'd have nothing to say. Indeed. Definitely not. <laughs> definitely nothing to say from the over an hour that we've been talking. Yeah. Granted, we did do to do some planning stuff so that was a huge or a good a good chunk of our conversation and then we talked about our states and how they suck yeah and our country and how it sucks what else is new um uh the cats are uh, getting along rather nicely so there is that that's nice i've got two games that are over a thousand hours on steam that's not so that's well, I mean, that's, yeah, that's new. It's not new to you, because I told you earlier when we were looking at games, but that's new to the, the listeners. Yeah, but the thing is, they should know that by now. Yeah, I crossed I crossed a thousand hours on Battletech, which I'm not going to talk about this week. It's coming. Um, just a deep dive. Oh, oh I, no, you're going to talk about Battletech indirectly. I guess, but it's a deeper dive on what I've been up to with the mod and the community for the mod. and. All that jazz, but despite having played for, I don't know, 200 hours on this save, I'm still not quite ready to discuss some things, so holding off on it. Um, I suppose we should probably write up at the top of the show and then maybe at the end of the show as like another reminder. Like, So uh, our next, this is episode 199 that we're recording right now. So obviously the next episode is two hundred. Um, we're really? going, yeah. That's how numbers work. Did you know that? I learned that today. Uh, well, uh, I am one lucky uh, ten thousand. One, one zero 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 zero. Then, yeah. <laughs> um. So what we're gonna do is we have planned a couple of special things, but we waited until the last minute to do it. So in order to give ourselves some time to put some stuff together. Uh, next week we're going to be running a Franken for sure. Um, so you'll get that next week and then we'll have episode 200 the week after that. Which um, will be recorded on the 21st and then put out the 24th and then game club the 28th and put out on the 30th uh, 31st. Sorry. Correct. Amundo. So, so game club will be episode 201. I suppose if anybody wanted to send us something for like, Hey, episode 200, you could, but you don't have to. We've already although, got it. Although it would be nice. It would be. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, hint, hint. But we've, we've got a pretty big wild card on our thing that we're going to do for episode 200. And honestly, it could be two hours. It could be five hours that we talk about this. It, it, it won't be five hours because I'll die. We'll have to record in parts if that's the case. But, you know. The thing that we've got is a pretty big wild card on the time. So 
who knows what we're going to get into, but I'm excited. We've talked about doing this two or three times and, you know, being one of those milestone numbers feels like a good time to do it. So thumbs up. But anyways, I just figured we'd say that at the top of the show and then maybe throw it in again at the end of the show just to let everybody know what's up. Woo! Woo! (laughs) Otherwise, uh, speaking of what's up, uh, we played some games this week, which one of them had a ball that goes up and comes down. Bam. Did it. Honestly, that was a pretty weak-ass segue. Yeah, even Um, by your standards. Even by my standards, yeah. I mean, mean, damn, right? Yeah. Uh, So... I guess I uh, will tee off with this one then. Hey. So uh, we had uh, actually a community game night for the first time in ages uh, with the golf club 2019. Yeah. It was kind of impromptu, but you and I both picked that up on the steam sale. And then we saw, yeah, I picked it up and I was talking about what I got. And then, which that's something we probably should add to the show. Uh, Maybe I don't know, or we could wait till two oh one to talk about. It. I don't know, uh, but uh, I was talking about some of the things I picked up, and I said, "Yeah, I picked up a golf game." You're uh, and I, I can't, I can't see you, but I can still see your eyes lit up. Like you got a golf game? What one? Yeah. So we got uh, the golf club 2019. Yeah, which is the exactly the cheapest one because golf club two was cheaper, but. Uh, golf club two, uh, two, uh, 2019 it uh, has a bit more features and it's a little bit more fleshed out and it sounds like the physics are a little bit better so for a golf game that's you know right yeah it's important that those work right but um yeah you you picked it up and told me and so i picked it up i actually had that one on my wish list already like and you know, ha ha, everything is on Jared's wish list. But I, I don't, I don't think I have any other golf games on my wish list. Now, I think that was the only one. And so you bought the one that I had on my wish list, and I went and picked it up immediately, um, so that we could play together. And it turns out that Cube and Ghost Shark had also bought it, although Cube didn't like it um, because of the controls, which we'll talk about in a minute. Yeah. Um, but then we convinced Jim to pick it up, and so the four of us played golf Sunday night. Oh, it's more two of us played golf and uh, two of us played drunken golf. Well, Jim wasn't drunk. Only Ghost was drunk. Jim said he was drinking a little bit, but he played a good game because Jim had o- both of them had only played the tutorial right before we played our, our, our round, which 18 holes. And you and I had both played a little bit more. I had played two matches um, or two rounds in the single player like PGA Tour thing. Yeah, I'd played six. Yeah. But I mean both of them did well. Um, you know, so what there's a, a bunch of different game modes, I guess, and we played one just kind of at random, but it put us on two teams of two. And it yeah, was which, Yeah, which actually divided us up pretty fairly. Uh one person that had actually played the game and one person that hadn't. Yeah, and that was just random. Like we didn't pick teams. So that was it was that was good. Um but I mean, it was really close. Like we wound up, me and Jim wound up winning, but it was only by one point. Uh, basically, yeah. whichever team had the best or the lowest score for a hole, um, and it would just take like the top person on the team for that hole. So you know, if some, if it took, for example, if it took me four strokes to to complete the hole, and 
you know, gym five or vice versa, then it, you know, I would have the better score. But if both rage and ghost had, you know, more than five strokes, then we would just automatically win the hole because I had four. Yeah. But, and then if you got a tie, everyone kept their score basically the same. Like it did this weird thing that gave each team a half point. And instead of just saying like draw and zero points, Mm -hmm. but anyways, I mean, you guys were, were two up on us for the front nine and then we tied it up and then Mm -hmm. got ahead. Um, And we only won by one point. Yeah. It was tied for like the last, what, three or four holes. Yeah. But it was it was a really good time. I had a blast just bullshitting and laughing at really bad shots and, you know, then getting serious for a while. Mm-hmm. It was good. I, I know that I'm going to keep playing, and I think, you know, you and I both will keep playing. So Yeah, on and off at the very least. Yeah. And what's interesting is that there's a lot of courses in this before you even start getting into uh, – player made courses and uh just uh making your own yeah um as far as golf games go there are some basics that would be pretty much universal to any golf game like it's golf right in air any i'm doing air quotes realistic golf game you know it, it's golf there's some real courses that are you know famous courses like bear trace or you know some other big courses that show up on the pga tour um if you know anything about golf uh and then it's got some some basic well actually it's got a pretty decent customization system for your character. There's some things missing that I wish that it had. Like the fat scale doesn't go up far enough to make me <laughs> fat, but I can give myself like pants with pink flames on them. So you know, pros and cons. Yeah, yeah, yeah you could be gay uh uh Fieri. Yeah. Um, but I mean there are some really fat golfers. Like one of the things that drew me to golf when I was in high school was it's it's a sport where you can be fat and still be good. So but the this the fat scale doesn't go fat enough um for me to accurately make myself. Yeah, you need to be uh, up to Yokozuna, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um but you know that that stuff is there. Um I I one of my favorite things about it is the way that it does clubs, not just the swing system. We'll get to that in a minute, but a lot of golf games um, that I've seen have some type of upgrade path for your clubs and you can get some very, uh, either there's no customization there at all, or you can wind up being stupid overpowered. But the way that it works is there's just three levels of clubs. Um, there's like a beginner club, a pro club and an expert club, and they become more difficult to hit accurately, but they give you more power and control overall so you know the and there's not a lot of difference between them like the beginner clubs versus the pro clubs only had like an extra 15 yards worth of carry um so there's a little bit of a boost there but it's not like oh my god you can hit that ball 350 yards i'm fucked it's not like uh that one online golf game where you pick the power and you're hitting uh what a good 50 yards longer than us yeah yeah, all the people who picked control or whatever it was. So it's it's not it's not like that. Um, and where the major customization comes in from the club is, or, or for the golf clubs is, you can actually pick which clubs you want in your golf bag. And you're give, you're only allowed so many per actual you know real regulations. I think it's fourteen clubs right off the top of my head, somewhere around there. And you can choose whether or not you want to use more woods or more hybrid clubs or more irons. Um, and which ones suit your play style better. So 
Um, and, and they, you know, they do different things. Uh, woods are meant really to only be played off of the tee box, the fairway. Hybrid clubs are a little more versatile. You know, they're a, a hybrid between a wood and a an iron. And then irons are have a lot more control and better for your short game in general uh, or rougher play conditions. So you could, like, if you really get into it, you could create sort of cu- a custom club loadout for, air quotes, loadout for a specific golf course that you know is coming up. Um, I don't think I'll get quite into that, but my bag reflected more how I actually played golf, which was more wood and hybrid club heavy and less on the irons. So I thought that was really nice. And you can also customize all of the clubs the same way that you can your, your outfits. Yeah. And and change the heads, which is just cosmetic. Uh, There's the ability to, uh, there's actually a, a fair amount of customization that you can do without even going through the PGA tour stuff, which starts give you currency, which don't worry about that. There's uh, it's, there's no microtransactions. There's no pay packs. There's no uh, shortcuts. It's just a progression to give you cosmetics, which is fucking shocking. Cause this is a 2k game that came out. I mean, it's 20, 2019 is like the year on the label. So I'm assuming it came out last year. Well, it's also published by them. It's not, developed by them so you know, kind of different still i don't i have no trust or faith in any of these companies anymore true. but very, um very yes true. so far as far as we've just not we've been unable to find the microtransactions so i mean you earn the in-game currency just just by yeah, playing golf bucks yeah you earn, right. you earn your golf bucks just by playing and uh considering where you place in the tournament uh well, the single player is uh, does require a connection, or at least the career mode. You can play against bots without uh, a, uh, a connection, as far as I can tell, at least. But for the career path, it requires connecting to their server, so that is a bit of a niggle if uh, they pull the plug on that. Uh, but it's also a fairly recent game, so probably not going to pull it for a few years. Yeah, hopefully not. Uh, but anyway, anyway, well, anyway, uh, depending on your placement of that and also filling out sponsor goals and building up sponsor experience is how you get different cosmetics. But also the I think the golf clubs, all the cosmetics are free and you just uh, pick your color and uh, the rough uh, uh, shape of your clubs. But uh, all the all the drivers are the same stats. It's just they look different. Yeah, the iron third, the same stats, but uh, you can make them look slightly different. That's it. Yeah, and not all the cosmetics are free. Like anything that you like, any type of recoloring that you want to do is free. But I've got like the uh, on my driver, I've got a dragon like outline, like an Asian dragon outline on the club Mm -hmm. head, and that was like twelve hundred golf bucks, I think. Uh, see, I didn't uh, customize my clubs that much yet. Yeah. Uh, but you actually, once you start getting further along in the career mode, you start building it up pretty quickly as well. So I'm not terribly worried about it being a slow progression either. Because you know, stuff like hats and stuff, you know, you're going to find ones that you like. And then there, oh, and then there's emblems and stuff. So you can create like custom clothing. So uh, the hat I wear has like two different emblems on it that I have it so that 
it looks a little bit different. Uh, I've uh, grabbed a couple different shirts to be able to change up because you could also set it up where your golfer changes their look based on the round you're playing because you could set it up where the career mode, you're playing multiple rounds of golf for each tournament. So you can set it up where round one, you have one outfit, round two, you have a different outfit, that sort of thing. Yeah, which so far I haven't done that. I'm going to, but I haven't done that yet. I've just got the one outfit set across, like copied across everything. But I'm going to do different outfits once I get some more stuff. Yeah, but But they also have it where, uh, well, this is where they try to uh, prevent cheating or preventing uh, just all all F4ing is if you screw up your shot in a tournament. It's still, it's basically auto saving the entire time that's why the online components there uh, for stat uh, purposes which is a bit annoying because during the big sale where it's seven bucks and some change right eight bucks so uh, after tax i should say so uh their servers are getting slammed a bit right now mm-hmm. so it's a bit annoying to have the connection drop but they also have it where uh, there's societies, which I may set up one for the podcast if there's interest in it. Oh, where, I can see that. Uh, where you could set up uh, a, uh, uh, oh, sorry, um, where you could set up uh, essentially tournaments, but you don't have to be online at the same time. You just, uh, people play the round before the time limit's over and it uh, counts towards the tournament. So you can play against your friends while the others are offline, which is nice. If, it works like I think it does. Yeah, that sounds really cool. I like that. And Adding sort of a little bit of competitiveness mm-hmm. to it without having to all play at the same time. Yeah, and also once you play five rounds, you get a, a handicap score. So if everybody had handicaps developed, I could have set it up where handicaps uh, would even us out as well. Unfortunately, you know, uh, uh, Jim and uh, Ghost did not have... Uh, enough play and i don't think you did either handicap isn't uh, enabled till after five rounds yeah i've played uh, to, to even the round to even the scores a little bit yeah I, I have played three rounds so I'm, i mean i'm gonna play some more i'll get my five rounds pretty soon but yeah at you know i have only played three outside of that one multiplayer game um but let's let's get to the part that it, within our friend group uh, proved to be slightly controversial, which is the way that the game actually controls, like for doing your swings. Yeah, I really liked pl- it. Yeah, I I kind of like it. It's taken some getting, getting used to. This doesn't control like any other golf game. Every other golf game, it uses either the two or three click system or button press or whatever, where you click, you start uh, building a power meter, you click, you set your max power. Then it comes back down, and if it's two-click, yeah, that's it. If it's three-click, you have to do a timing at the zero mark, and that depend and missing that depends on how much you hook or uh, slice the shot. Uh, some games are a little bit more forgiving on that, and there's a little bit bigger margin, but that's the typical way of doing it. This, instead, it uses either the mouse or the, uh, or the thumbstick, and you pull back and then go forward like you're actually swinging a club and it counts both the tempo and also your swing speed on both the back and forward swings as well as how straight you go. So if you uh, pull to the left or right, 
uh, that's reflected in your actual shot. There was one time I actually sneezed in the middle of a shot, and uh, it let's just put it this way: it, it that shot was about as straight as Jared is. Hey, um, yeah, which I really like that. I, you know, I, I've already said it a couple of times. Like I played golf in 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 the meat space, um, and Ew. button presses are fine. Like I get it. Like it's really hard to translate that any type of actual physical movement from a sport into video games, but getting into sort of the rhythm and the tempo, like a huge amount of, of golf is not so much about power, but about your technical skill and your ability to replicate the same type of shot over or the same type of movement over and over again. And how that translates to the way that this feels with the mouse. I I like that. It, It feels very authentic to me. Um, but as someone, you know, anybody who's ever played golf games before, like I could see like it being really frustrating and, and cube really didn't click with it. Um, and I'm pretty positive he refunded the game. He definitely didn't play with us and is not interested in in playing it anymore as, as far as I know. So, um, but yeah, that's, that, that's for all of the clubs. Um, even the putter, and things like that yeah, which, it, the, which the short game is what's gotten me the most is that uh you're having a time based on how far you're pulling back and how long you're pulling back because it the swing does work a little different on the putting green yeah one uh you're uh having to uh, not only do a tempo movement but also watch how far your club has been pulled back and try to time that and figure out how far uh, the pullback that's actually your power meter is the sl- kind of the slow pullback uh but it requires a lot of trial and error to get a feel for it which i actually really like and i started to click with it a little bit and i did make some pretty decent shots in our little multiplayer game but yeah. i also don't feel very comfortable with it just yet yeah i'm still struggling with putting i think i've i'm really starting to get a handle on everything except the putting um and that still feels like a lot of guesswork but i'm sure i'll i'll get it with more practice but really the they in one of the tutorials they're like yeah it's you know sometimes you don't want to hit a full shot um and you want to you know hit something at like 75 percent power but that's really hard to track actually because because there's no power meter like in a standard game. Yeah, you have to you watch your actual. Out. You have to watch your actual swing. That's why a couple times you saw me pull back and then stop uh, and reset. It was to get a feel for just about how much seventy five percent or eighty percent would be. Yeah, and there's plenty of times where where I would go to do a backswing and then I would stop because it's like oh uh, that like I could tell that I was not straight. And so I I would Tee-hee. restart. Um, you can I mean you can practice your shots and try and figure it out, but it's just going to take a lot of practice. Yeah, I would say go to the putting uh, green, go to the driving range, and uh, you know get some time in, or just yeah you know, play a few rounds. Yeah, you know, play friendly games because yeah you know, it, it it does require a a fair amount of time to really get a feel for. This isn't Tiger Woods. Uh, yeah, I, I don't want to call it a full-on sim either. It's uh, I still think it's a little arcadey on how it does uh, some of its physics and does a little bit of a gimme for some things. 
but it's a you know, it's very simcade at the very least. Yeah, I really like it. But if you like have listened to us talk about it and you're like, oh, the non-standard or non-traditional controls like don't sound like it's for me, then it probably or th- there's a good possibility it's not. But I mean, we have we have enjoyed it mm-hmm. pretty thoroughly. Yeah, so, uh, same for me. It's uh, I've uh, been really enjoying it. I'll uh, fire it up and play around over the course of a day, which is why well, I have probably a f- quite a few more hours than I do actual rounds. Uh, with four players, uh, a full round of golf was about two hours, uh, give or take. But that was also four uh, players and with two people that uh, – one person that was just very drunk and the other that hadn't quite gotten the hang of the controls. But Jim actually improved quite a bit over the course of the game. And, and uh, Ghost, uh, he hit the bomber curve. <laughs> yeah, I, I think in, playing solo – you can get through an entire game and or an entire round in probably twenty minutes, thirty oh, minutes, maybe. Uh, oh, one thing I would suggest uh, is after a round, maybe two, turn off the announcer. Yeah, he gets really annoying. Also, yeah, he makes me feel sad. Well, well, okay. There are some things about the announcer I like. Like sometimes he's wrong. He'll say, ooh, th- uh, this uh, looks like it's going to the fairway, and it'll have an odd bounce, and it'll land in the rough, and he's like, ooh, I didn't see that coming. I l- actually like that. But it just feels like the announcer, well, one, uh, he needs to get his medication changed because he's way over-medicated. Even when he's mm-hmm. excited, he sounds like he's talking like this. Your stereotypical golf announcer. This is my excited voice. And Jared, put your pants back on. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah it's just i know golf isn't uh doesn't typically have the excited announcer but yeah show some emotion but also he just uh doesn't have very many lines so you start to hear it repeated very quickly and sometimes they just feel out of place like uh yeah talking about how oh uh his place didn't change on the leaderboard I'm fucking first uh, leading by three strokes, and I just picked up another uh, uh, stroke lead. Why are you talking about? Uh, of course, my place didn't change, asshole. Yeah, he can. He, 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 like it's announcer talk for sure, but it's like I'm playing, and so I hear it, and he, like, have a string of uh, like a, a couple of bad holes or some bad shots, and be like, oh, you know, oh, looks like he's missed the green again. He's really off his game right now. And it's like, well, fuck you, announcer, man. That's going to make me play better. But you you had him turned off for the multiplayer. He got really snarky sometimes. And he would, like, whenever we were watching, um, or, you know, I whenever I was watching, and I know Ghost and Jim both said that he had some snarky things to say as well when they were watching other people take their shots. But he would say stuff like, Oh, this is uh, about a 40-foot shot. I, I don't know about you, but I don't think he's going to make it. Oof. Like, he would say stuff like that about the other players. And it was kind of funny, but also like, man, dude, chill out. Yeah, but then there was times that I actually made those shots, I bet. And it's like, ooh, right? Or didn't yeah. see that coming. I, he he did say stuff like that, like, oh, wow, that's surprising. That was a really good shot. Or I actually do think he said at one point, oh, didn't see that coming. Yeah. So... One one other thing that I like about it actually is are there there are certain hazards that you can get into that it makes you play out of. Like if you shoot the ball in water, you know, that's 
you can't play out of that. But in other in other golf games that I've played, if there's like um like a really deep uh valley or something that's like full of like brush and stuff, but it's not actually marked off as out of bounds. Mm-hmm. You got to play out of it. I've had that happen a couple of actually, times. Actually, that's wrong. You can declare the ball uh, unplayable. Oh, so you can choose to take a drop? Yeah. Nah, I played out of it. It's fine. That was the one that I lost. Like, by the time that happened, I was already like 10 strokes behind the leader. And I was just like, fuck it. I'm hitting it out of out of this mess. So Yeah, there, yeah, there was a, a couple times I had an unlucky bounce, but then there's other times that... I took a risky shot and ha- had it pay off even better than I had hoped. Uh, that that is one thing that's kind of nice is that uh, th- it feels pretty. Well, I, I should say I never played golf, so I could be completely off on this. But the grass physics uh, and how the go- how the ball bounces feels a lot more realistic than I've encountered. Where you know it has a chance to get through some rough. It has it can bounce a, a little strangely off a, a hillside. It doesn't feel as artificial. Yeah. Um, I'm impressed by the physics. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, and the, they uh, worked on trying to make it a lot more realistic while still being somewhat forgiving. Uh, it feels like at least. Yeah, I agree. So uh, you want to talk about your your solo game? Okay, so... I uh, recently got a, a 2DS and I was going on the eShop and looking around. This is actually a game that I had set aside to tr- maybe buy later on. This is a a digital only game on the uh, 3D 2DS uh, uh, eShop. And this was uh, considered a hidden gem by a lot of people. So I thought, eh, it has a demo. I'll try it out. And this is Pocket Card Jockeys. It's a horse racing game. Only you play solitaire to make the horse go. All right. That's interesting. So it's a combination horse racing with a little bit of simulation, a little bit of strategy in it with, yeah, you hadn't looked at this at all. Have you? No. (laughs) With solitaire. And it's, uh, hang on. Look at, I'm trying to remember what particular type of card or uh, solitaire is. It's not the Klondike. It's, uh, uh, it has to be above or below by one, uh, the card you draw, uh, and then you uh, uh, have speed or have uh, have uh, lanes of card or uh, uh, card runs that you uh, can go. Like if you draw a three, you can pick up four, five, six, seven, eight, seven, six, and then you pick uh, another card from the deck, and you could do another one. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I don't know specifically what type of solitaire that's called, but I know what you're talking about. There's a bunch of different variants of solitaire. Yeah, I mean, I was sitting here trying to figure it out, and there's actually a lot. (laughs) And I'm not really seeing the particular variant, at least on on, uh, screenshots or pictures. So what the hell? Oh, uh, hang on. No, that's not it. Um, uh, I don't, uh, that one looked uh, similar, but no, but anyway, you're playing that plus horse breeding plus actual racing. So 
Uh, the I'll go through how an actual race works, then we'll break it down. So uh, a uh, particular race, you're, you are playing as a jockey that died and uh, the angel of death brought you back to life. But you realize, uh, he realized that the only way for you to actually win a, uh, at horse racing, because you suck as a jockey, is uh, to tie it to another skill that you're actually good at. And one of the few things that you are actually good at is solitaire. Basically, you know, <laughs> trying very hard to fit the premise into the actual game world, right? So right. Uh, the, uh, as you, uh, you start off uh, at the gate with a short game of solitaire and for most of the game, it's under timers. And depending on the situation, timers can be either very lenient or very, very strict. And you have a short time to try to get to the top of the of a particular card pile to get uh, orbs, uh, energy orbs. And that determines how good a start you got. And as you progress through the race, you build up energy based on where your horse is positioned. And every... Uh, there's... Every horse has a particular place it likes to run throughout the race until the final stretch. So the closer you get to the actual position that the uh, horse likes, the tougher it is, but the more energy you build up through the race. So you uh, move the horse around, uh, and as you progress, uh, as you do uh, games of solitaire, you're also building up a unity meter, which allows you to move the horse further on the race course it it has a top-down view but you also have to watch out for other horses because horses with more energy could just bump you out of the way i I know it's a very very strange game huh (laughs) i it does sound strange but i like the sound of it yeah it's actually not bad i'm not sure if i want to buy it after playing the demo just because i hit a very deep difficulty spike but uh, there's also a positioning relative to the curvature of the track so once your race goes into a uh, curve the further you are out the more energy it takes your meat as well so you're trying to bring the horse into the uh, corner (laughs) while also avoiding traffic and also picking up uh, cards that scatter along the racetrack that gives you experience and also can unlock horse skills later on but the cards can also be bumped by horses, so you also have to try to figure out where the cards will be bumped to. It's very strategic uh, trying to figure out how to maneuver the horse in between games of solitaire. But anyway, different horses also have different peak times. Basically, it's how it signifies a, how a horse behaves on a, uh, in a race. If it's a more marathon uh, runner or if it's a sprinter. And a horse that has its peak early in the race tires out towards the end of the race, making it ill-suited for longer races. But at peak time, it's a more difficult game, but you also get uh, a lot more energy if you win it. And the more cards you leave on the on the uh, play field at the end of the either the end of the timer or the end of the deck, you only get one run through the deck as well. The uh, uh, more the unity meter drops, which makes it harder for you to position your horse correctly, which can impact your energy. And it also uh, makes it harder to adjust your horse for the 
the how everything changes during the race because as the race progresses where the horse wants to be in the field may change and it's indicated by a graph at the top of the screen so you have to figure out okay the i need to move forward in the pack a little bit i need to move back in the pack a little bit like i said it's a lot deeper than i had originally thought it would be and the demo doesn't even get into the horse breeding aspect of things, which you can see a, a one screenshot talking about, yeah, yeah, bringing the horses together, which allows them to pass down their skills to their children. And horses, uh, it takes a year for them to be able to race, and then they only really develop for two years. And once they hit four years old, uh, they're uh, considered at their peak. A, a very, very interesting little game. I did hit a very di- high difficulty spike, but that might just be the demo showing you know, what the game is like later on. Seems like a pretty deep demo. Uh, the demo uh, actually ran for quite a while, but it uh, uh, basically ran the same thing over and over again after it, it got out the tutorial section. It didn't introduce the ability to uh, breed or anything. So it may just be, you know, ramping up the difficulty showing, you know, how tough it actually gets. Because the demo ran for an hour and some change, two hours. Oh, and it's I never even, demo. yeah, I never even actually uh, talked about the uh, uh, the home stretch as well. Because the home stretch, as you run through the race, you're building up your energy and your unity. Well, this is converted into stamina, and also uh, throughout the race, you may get super stamina cards. And the more rested your horse is, or the more energy it has, the more enthusiasm it gets going into the final turn, uh, which allows you, it to run faster on its own. But you can also burn your stamina cards to uh, basically whip the horse to make it go faster, or the super stamina to basically just bolt forward. But you don't want to just slam it because. The more cards you have remaining at the end of the race gives you more experience after the race. So there's a risk reward of trying to time it just so that you're going to win the race. Or if the horse is doing well on its own, uh, that it will just do its own thing. But you also control uh, you know, its overall position, trying to move it forward, move it back, or tell it to slow down if it's caught in a traffic jam. So there's there's a lot of risk reward in this game that I actually really like. It's just I'm a little concerned about the difficulty bump I got towards the end of the demo. I'm not sure if it's just the demo showing me you know uh, shit gets real, or if there's a difficulty spike that the demo doesn't really account for. Gotcha. This is it just on DS? It's, it's just on 3DS as far as I can tell. Uh, just checking. Sad day. Yeah, it looks like it's only on the handheld, which is actually a little surprising considering uh, everything, huh? Yeah, but eh, that's okay. Uh, it's actually made by Game Freak. I didn't catch that before. Oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. Let me double check something real quick. It may have came out on Android at some point. Oh, but my uh, tablet... Um, I'm not seeing it. I'm seeing similar games. Maybe there were stocks of a, a of a bubble version, but it never came out. Yeah, I would totally buy this on on my phone to play. I'd pay five or six bucks for it, but 
sad day. Oh, well. Yeah, well, it is made by Game Freak, so odds are unless they uh, do a you know, conversion, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm just looking at this real quick. Yeah, it looks like it's just on 3DS, even though there was talks of a mobile version at some point. So maybe that's you know, something Nintendo was going to do, but then you know, Mario Run didn't do so well, which is very possible. Or it got pulled because they're, this is weird. Maybe they, they put it on Android and they pulled it because there are uh, places talking about uh, it being out on Android. So you may have to go uh, sell the seven seas for it because maybe they pulled it because this game is like four years old or sorry, four years old now. I mean, platforms that says iPhone and Android. Yeah. Well, I'll take a look for it. I would be willing to uh, raise the Jolly Roger. Yeah, this is weird because everywhere it talks about iPhone, iPad, and Android, but it looks like it's all. Uh, yeah, it's not Klondike, but they they say it's solitaire, but not Klondike, but doesn't uh, list the one that they say it is in the game itself or in the demo itself. Yeah, it's weird. It looks like they may have pulled it from the uh, shops. Yeah, it looks like it looks like there was a mobile version, uh, but they pulled it and may have shut down the server, so it's not even sure if uh, it'll run. So yeah, something to check out at least, right? Yeah, interesting, cute looking little game. Yeah. All right, so we've got one other game. Yeah, we that didn't... went a little deeper than I thought it was because uh, yeah, I had to go digging. Yeah. But uh, we've got one other game to discuss. We we talked about this one before. Technically, we didn't play it this past week, but we did finish the Lord of the Rings trading card game. Yeah, we've kind of had this one in the back burner because, uh, well, we kind of forgot about it. And to be honest, uh, this was going to be a short week on games we played otherwise, potentially. So. Yeah, I mean, we we finished the the story campaign and then we played the... It's like challenging, uh, challenge There's, battles yeah. or whatever. Yeah, the essentially this uh, the mini campaigns that are considered more challenging. And the first one, uh, there were three. The first one and the was definitely more challenging, but it felt fair. The second one was like, "What the fuck is this?" Like we barely got through it. And the third one is just like, "Fuck you, build a custom deck for me." Yeah, pretty damn much, and. It was a little disappointing that it was that, uh, yeah, uh, screw you, I, I need a very particular deck. Because honestly, that's not as fun, you know? Yeah, it's not. Um, I mean, overall, because having finished the three main stories, which uh, had five, was it five for each of them? Five sort of mission, you know, air quotes, you know, campaigns or missions or whatever, and you would go through a series of things to complete each one. Um, I think they all had five. Like, those were all really good. The last one was a little difficult, for sure. A little more difficult, even with us playing on, like, the the uh, the, the story mode or whatever that made it a little bit easier. Um, but they were all very good. Good stories. I would have loved to have seen, you know, three more of those. Um, especially, I think it was the last one that introduced like the, a lot of the mechanics that were like, we had to investigate a murder 
and it could randomize who like the final boss was and you could it had a, a, some risk reward to it where that if you i'm doing air quotes like investigated like using the card mechanics but if you investigated different things you could remove like the bonus abilities that the boss had to make the fight a little more even i thought that was neat um that was a neat way to use the mechanics um so i could have gone for a few more of those but instead we got the challenges which i mean if like we had been i think way more invested in the mechanics of the game rather than just in spending some time hanging out playing game together and enjoying the lord of the rings you know extra story stuff i mean maybe like i said originally this is set between uh, the hobbit and the lord of the rings trilogy of books yeah uh the the problem with this is just you know the developer went bust right as this game came out so uh story mode you know it got to a big cliffhanger and then just ended which was such a, a, a killjoy to me you know yeah i mean i know it's not the developer's fault and it's not because the game store sold poorly it's because their overarching company went bust yeah the game was owned by um or i don't exactly know how licensing on this one worked but it was fantasy flight games um was like their parent company and they went through like some serious corporate restructuring and got bought out and a bunch of their like they make star wars rpg and some other tabletop stuff and some of their series were shut down and some of them are were put on pause um like even like their star wars licensing was put on pause for a while while they went through this corporate restructuring from i think it was a buyout and this was just sort of a victim of that Uh, they stopped development on the game because of that and I suppose it's not impossible that it'll get picked back up or that they'll do something else like it, but it seems unlikely. Yeah, which is a real shame because uh, this is one of those games that it looks like something that it's not. It looks like it's a Hearthstone ripoff, but it is very, 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 very different, which is disappointing because, like I said, you know, this is something we thought it wasn't. It caused by, both by surprise. Yeah, but like in a good way. Yeah. And how many times do you see a CCG with a strong story on top of it, plus using the game mechanics in new and interesting ways? Like sometimes uh, you're trying to save your friends that got uh, that are getting stolen by trolls, or just trying to last. Well, once again, trolls I last until the dawn so that the trolls turn to stone, right? Yeah. Or going down the river raft. Remember that one? Yeah, that was a good one. I mean, all of the stuff from the the story campaign was was memorable to me. Some of the stuff from the challenge mode was too, like that for the bad reasons, right? Yeah, I did like the one where that um, we had the fire and we had to keep using the torches. Yeah, to keep our characters from um, like freezing to death. That mm-hmm. was pretty cool. But yeah, some of them were just bad. Well, there was the- they, they were very gimmicky. Yeah, or the the boss and the and I think it was the first challenge that had like I think four or five different forms that we had to beat in that final fight. And I was just like, oh my god, just stop! <laughs> yeah, it's just... with the trolls where they were eating our friends because the trolls yeah. trolls showed up in a couple of different ones. They were eating our friends and yeah, I'm could, just like, imagine destroy uh, our cards. Well, okay, so some of the cards they have a tag called 
leading. So, which means at the end of your turn, uh, that card disappears. Oh, one of them grabbed Gandalf, which had fleeting. So it's like, well, uh, that doesn't matter anyway, but I'm just imagining their sack with Gandalf's beard hanging out of the top of it. Yeah. It's like, you shrunk on purse. It's just, there was just, for some of the challenge mode, just, it felt like they were uh, meant, uh, uh, they were meant to be beat on like the third or fourth try. Uh, going back and building very custom decks, very specific decks for these uh, things. But there was also not a lot of cards, so after you get through the story mode, that's pretty much all you have unless you're just going to grind out on the story mode stuff to get the, actually, just handful of cosmetics that are available because there's avatars and you can build up fellowship point or coins to unlock alternate card art for most of the cards. Or some of, the, or sorry, just the hero card. Sorry, and that's pretty much it. Yeah. So over, I mean, overall, the challenge modes were kind of, eh. Um, the main story was really good, and I'm sad that we're not going to get any more of it. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Um, anything else to add? Or are you ready to go to the news? I think it's time to go to the news. Sweet. Um, so our first topic of two tonight nba 2k21 price is ten dollars more on xbox series x and the ps5 yeah and this is why we were a little surprised that the golf club was actually fair because fuck you 2k yes indeed fuck Fuck you you so i do want to like i've said this before on the show and it at some point but just i want to say it again like i don't care if the actual buy-in cost for games is more expensive, if they want to go that route, if they got rid of the bullshit, which they're not, they're not getting rid of their, they're never going to get rid of the bullshit. That's the, that's the thing. I mean, you can look on this article. There's a flow chart talking about essentially the three, sorry, the, well, essentially three or four different versions, depending on how you want to break this up of the current gen, the next gen, and then the, Mamba forever, which is whatever the hell that is. Uh, so they talk about how, oh, well, the forever version, it doesn't get a price jump, but the regular version, it goes from 60 to $70. But then they talk about the shared uh, VG wallet, or sorry, VC wallet, uh, is shared between the console's generations. So going from Xbox One to Xbox Series X which is still such a stupid name, or PlayStation 4 to PlayStation 5, you get to transfer those over. Well, that's the microtransaction currency. That's what you're buying into to be able to buff up your character. So, of course, they're still going to be uh, fleecing people. Yeah, I mean, this is is only going to go one of two ways. Either they they do this and people don't seem to care and it becomes the new industry also, norm for these sports games. So I'm leaning towards the first one before we even talk about the second one. Or the second one is that there's enough backlash where that they like wind it back down, but they keep something. It's like, because they did, they've done this with microtransaction pushes and season pass pushes and things like that. Where they push the envelope to where that people actually are like, no, fuck you, brr. and so then they'll wind it back to something that still, you know, they've moved the line forward or pushed the goalpost forward or whatever, but it's still back from the thing that people 
got pissed off I don't about. Think I don't think they're trying that just because otherwise they would have bumped the price 20 bucks. They would have made it $80 and then brought it back down to 70 Yeah, but they could do 70 and then back down to 65 or something like that. Like True, but uh, the game industry, they like their whole number or whole numbers. Uh, yeah. X uh, 9.99 because that's the psychological trick of oh it's only 69 uh, no it's 70 dollars or more depending on your region's yeah. taxes yeah true it would probably be like 72 73 for me uh, just because taxes and everything but it's just uh, 2k is so scummy with uh, the 2k NBA uh, uh, series that well they already talked about uh, was it this year's uh, version that they talked about how much more microtransactions and more bullshit they were putting into it? Yeah, or was it was last year? Uh, oh, where they showed off the casino. Yeah, the Wheel uh, of Fortune, the uh, the Polchinko machine of uh, uh, basketball players. I actually don't know if that's in two K twenty or not. I mean, it probably is. It probably was for two K twenty, and they'll just keep it going. But maybe not. Maybe it's new for 2K21. I mean, this is why I don't like mainstream sports games. Is that you're just down, you know, dropped in so much bullshit. You're drowning in it. You're drowning in the loot boxes. You're drowning in all the microtransactions. And if you don't buy into it, well, if you want to play anything but the career mode, which the career mode is likely geared towards people buying in at least to some degree, because that's how these work is that you know they assume that the average player is going to buy x amount of uh progression and I'm just going to use the 2K uh NBA series as a, an example because that's what we've uh seen the most uh you could spend the microtransaction currency on stats and they assume that you're going to spend so much on stats so they'll gear the game towards that. And if you're not doing that, you're screwed. We saw the same thing in the uh, Mordor series where they actually had to retool the entire final chapter of the game because they built around the fucking loot boxes. As soon as you enter microtransactions and pay-to-win mechanics in, any game de- uh, development uh, expecting you to... or Sorry, any assumption that they're going to treat you fairly as a as a free player. And I'm using free in fucking massive sarcasm quotes because it's a 70 goddamn dollar game. This is not a yeah. free to play game. This even though they're monetizing it as a free to play. play. Game. Yeah. Thank I you like Jim, the, the Jim, Jim Sterling. Sterling son. Yeah, fee to play game. You pay the entry fee of whatever it is and then you keep paying for microtransactions and pay to win mechanics. Uh but anyway, anyway, uh, they, uh, they, uh, they just assume that you're going to buy into so much of it, so you're going to be screwed. I mean, we've seen it time and time again. Hell, we've seen it in survival horror with the Dead Space series. They ruined uh, the final Dead Space series because, or the, they ruined the, the Dead Space series because they assumed people were going to buy into their uh, stuff to be able to uh, craft more weapons, which kind of ruins the atmosphere of a horror series, doesn't it? If you're just paying in to be able to build a neat shit, right? Yeah, if you're overpowered in a horror game. Um, 
that's um, more just like a a shooter with jump scares at that point. Mm-hmm. You know, and I mean, I guess somebody can like that, but that wasn't what Death Space was supposed to be. Yeah, I'm just uh, severely disappointed by this one. Uh, more, I'm expecting this to be at least the standard for AAA titles. And the problem is that the AAA titles are usually the ones that are loaded down with microtransactions. Well, that and bubble games. Actually, they're kind of blurring the line these days, aren't they? Yeah. Only uh, thing that really changes is graphical fidelity. And well, they talk about how much uh, the graphical fidelity and the load times are down, right? Yep. Unbeatable graphical fidelity. Yeah, we'll see about that. I mean, there's. There are some games on consoles that look good and probably the next generation of consoles will also look good. But it's like you get one PC is has been there for years and years and years now and is still way ahead. But two, you also just there's so much diminishing returns on straight up graphical fidelity improvements. Well, I want to have a basketball game where I could see the ball sweat of the players running down their legs. If If I can't get that, then... Yeah, the graphical, uh, they may as well be stick figures. Yeah, we we may well as well be in the 8-bit series, you know? Yeah. It may as well uh, be Bird versus Jordan, but going for the old school uh, basketball games. (laughs) Right. I am. I've never been a sports game guy. I mean, there's Uh, nothing wrong with them. Golf, I guess, and tennis. Okay, so maybe a couple of sports games. Yeah. I've played a few soccer games that are okay, but that's mostly because Katie likes to play soccer games. So I've played a few, but the thing is with those is it's like, I understand like basic video game mechanics. So even though I don't know shit about soccer, I can win at least against her in soccer games. And then it's like, well, this isn't fun (laughs) because you're just kicking my ass. I'm like, I don't know anything about soccer, but I know this, like figure out the, the actual game mechanics and then kind of break the gameplay. But Anyways, I digress. Fuck you, 2K. Yeah. Um, and speaking of fuck people for being bad, uh, Naughty Dog condemns abusive fan response to The Last of Us 2. So Okay. Yeah, the, the Last of Us 2 has kind of turned into a minefield, hasn't it? I mean, we have the critics calling it Schindler's fucking list. And now we have on the other side of the spectrum, Fans getting rather rabid about a character doing things and threatening the creative director and the voice actors. And okay, well, should, should we just go ahead and go uh, spoiler mode on this because of, you can't really? I mean, we did that. last time we talked about yeah, it as well. Yeah, so, yeah. well, just okay. Well, I was just wanted to make sure. So, this is because a particular character killed the protagonist of the previous game. And it upset fans. And they're taking it out on the voice actress because she wrote that scene. Obviously, right? Yeah. And she literally killed whoever Joel's voice actor is. I don't know who the voice actor is. Uh, let's just go she, Nolan She literally Gore. killed him. And so we have to threaten her and her children with death threats. Because obviously that's a, a measured appropriate response. It's it's not. Oh, it's Troy Baker. There, but... there you go, right? Okay, I, yeah. I, I took a stab at the dark. I had a 50-50 chance of uh, you know, the uh, you know, the typical voice actor in video games. Yeah. 
Troy Baker and Nolan North. Those are like your two. Yeah, see, I went Nolan North because, of course, I did. Yeah, well. But, you know, it, like Joel being like this beloved character from the first game. What, which, uh, everything I've heard, he's kind of dickish, so. Yeah, I don't know. That that could potentially be a discussion for another time. I know a little bit more about it than I do the second one. But anyways, I mean, you know, Abby, that's the character name, kills Joel for reasons. And then you've, you're forced to play as Abby for like a huge chunk of the game. And a lot of people didn't like that. Now, I which is under- fair enough. I could understand yeah, not yeah, I could understand that. that. Now, there's people that are saying that the people that don't like playing Abby is because, uh, well, she's a muscular woman, uh, so you're transphobic, even though, as far as I know, and I could be mistaken on this one, uh, they never say that Abby is a trans uh, person, just she's very muscular. No, there is a trans character, at least one trans character in the game that winds up, I'm pretty sure they get killed. I think, okay, so... Actually, I shouldn't say I'm pretty sure. Like, I have just been sort of following this, and I've listened to some reviews and read up on the controversy because I think it's interesting. Um, I know that there's a trans character in the game. There's a couple of uh, characters with same-sex attraction, um, and then there are some characters that could be played or be thought of as trans, but it's really not confirmed one way or the other. Um, I'm pretty sure, like, there's... Another controversy if there's, is that there's like a full on, like full frontal nudity sex scene in the game mm-hmm. that involves Abby and it's with a man, but that doesn't necessarily mean that Abby is or isn't trans. So, you know, take all, at least all of this bit with a grain of salt. Yeah, but, yeah, but then there's this whole assumption that just because a woman is muscular, she has to be trans as well, right? Right. Or she can't be feminine despite the fact that she's muscular like somehow the amount of muscle or the tone that someone has determines their masculinity or femininity which it doesn't but you know a lot of people stick to that and have made it a big deal so there's there are a lot of things in this game that have got people saying like oh you're transphobic if you don't like it because of this or you're anti-lgbt or you are you know, all, all sorts of uh, these things you hate women or you hate, um, you know, lesbians or whatever. And it's like, mm, probably not. I mean, sure. There's some people out there that do for sure. But from what I've seen, most of the people who don't like it have major problems with the game's pacing or the way that it like makes you do things like play a character for, you know, 10 or 12 hours that brutally murders one of the favorite characters from the first game. Like, I could see how that would make people upset. Yeah, but threatening the voice actress, that's uh, that's beyond upset. That's a little psychopathic. Yeah, they so they threatened her with brutal murder and torture. And, oh, and, her, and, the, and her family. And her family. Uh, kid, I don't know if she actually has kids. I haven't looked her up specifically, but there were people threatening her kids. So if she does have them, then people are threatening to hurt and kill children. And if she doesn't, I mean, they're still making those threats. It, she just happens to not have kids for them to p- be carried out upon. Mm-hmm. But it's like, that's fucking nuts. Like, I'm a therapist, right? <laughs> I deal uh, with stuff, uh, the, and that's fucking crazy. Uh, this this goes how on the bitch be crazy scale? Yeah. What's, what's the meme? Y'all motherfuckers need Jesus or something like that? 
Y'all uh, need counseling. Yeah, they all need counseling. I And some of them I could think of, like, you know, I've talked about this with other things before. Like, I could see some people having some type of, of anger issue or other mental disorder that's like, okay, like, it's not great, but this is understandable from that perspective. I think a lot of people, though, are just assholes or and or have really bad views about things. And it's like, this is just where they're putting that. And they think, at least I hope that this is it, that they just think that because it's on the internet, they can say whatever they want yeah. without consequence. Yeah, there's also, uh, well, I've talked about this before. I'm not sure if on the show or just with you in private. There's people that think the world is uh, too PC and they'll use that as an excuse to go as far off on the other side of being an asshole as possible to try to counterbalance somehow. Yeah. Because that makes a lot of sense, right? Yeah. It's like, a, it, it's like those people, like it's a, a really sh- way shittier version of the people who see like, Oh yes, this thing has a 10 or a zero. So I'm going to give it the opposite in order to balance the scales. Yeah. Yeah. This one uh, is, uh, uh, this person is saying people of color. Well, time to drop some in bombs. That's right. Let me get all those racial slurs up in there. And and don't you dare t- uh, take down that statue and uh, remove my heritage. That's right. Don't infringe on my freedoms. Now follow hey. the fucking guidelines and put your goddamn mask on, you nitwit. Fucks. Fuckos. I do think that there are times when people can be too politically correct and it can get in the way of good actual conversation or discourse. I would say, especially when you start talking about comedy, because comedy uh, to me uh, is one of those places where you could step over the lawn in order to actually open up a conversation about it as well. Yeah. So, uh, so some, someone, uh, oh boy, this is going to be stepping in it as well, but uh, someone that wore blackface as part of a skit or as part of a show is different from someone wearing blackface as going to a, a, a party about it, you know, and as a character and being you know, a racist fuck about it. Right. It's not a binary. This is terrible. Yeah. Yeah. You should uh, be removed from everything ever. And uh, to, Oh, you're a perfect angel. There's shades of gray. There's a, a, some sort of line there somewhere that I'm not sure I really want to draw uh, uh, for all time. Yeah, but, well, there's it's, al- but there's also, uh, yeah, things could get a little too PC. Context is important for everything. Yeah, like, exactly. Context is king for stuff like this. Um, You know, why, what was the reason for doing something that might have, have crossed the line? Or maybe it definitely did cross the line, but like, what was the reasoning? Like, was it and and these don't necessarily make things like excuses for stuff, but like was it a different time? Was it a different environment, location, culture? Was it required as part of a, a job or yeah? That's why to I don't make like a point uh, or yeah, yeah. This is why I don't like going uh, and saying, "Well, this person's bad because they did something twenty, thirty years ago," instead of uh, yeah, how they're acting now. It may uh, still be messed up, and they may have to. Uh, potentially look at how they handle things now, but it's not enough to condemn them outright, in my opinion. Yeah, 
and everyone has done shitty bad things in their life and you know what you do moving forward is more important usually than the thing that you did that was bad um even people who you know commit horrible heinous crimes like murder or things like that like they can become reformed like they will always have that in their past it's something they'll always have to explain and potentially feel like they need to spend the rest of their life making up for it but people can change if given the right help um and right circumstance so it's i get really frustrated at these blanket statements about things in in all contexts not just racial issues or um gender or or sex related issues but just in general broadening out to everything in life is that's a huge chunk of what i deal with with my job is is context i work with a lot of people who you know if you talk to them and they told you about their life story or things that they've done or have been in trouble for you know most people i think would be like oh my god get the hell away from me like leave me alone but it's like no that's was 10 years ago and that person has spent their life you know trying to recover from it or change or be different even some things like people who have been um pedophiles or you know murdered other people context is important Mm -hmm. and that applies just as much to that as it does to this you know where we have strayed very far from our news topic but that's okay (laughs) context applies just as much to this as it does to that this being the news topic and that being everything that we just talked about that was outside of our news topic so yeah so people are taking the last of us uh, part two Way too seriously on both the fan side and the critical side. How about that? Yeah, way too seriously. And I I don't want anyone to hear that as me being like, oh, it's just a video game. Calm down. But a little bit. Yeah, it's just a video game. Calm down. I would say Uh, that about TV shows and movies. Like games are certainly art. And just like anything could be. But I don't think that The Last of Us 2 even comes near the the level of other artistic both games or movies or books or paintings it's an interesting thing but at the end of the day it's pushed by a giant company that has its own agenda not just art and i suppose okay. that's another complicated and loaded topic but yeah i mean i mean this just seems so out there to me and uh, i'm going to invoke godwin's rule uh it's like yelling at Bruno Gaines before he died uh, because he played Hitler on uh, in a movie, right? Right, yeah. That's happened with other a lot of other characters too, though. Like, I mean, I there's think some I'm... that uh, get things yelled at him, uh, partly as a joke, partly at, yeah, because uh, people love to hate certain characters. Like, I know the... Uh, I can't think of the character name, but essentially the bad guy from Ghostbusters. Uh, he talked about years later, people still yell that he's dickless uh, because it's uh, people love to hate certain characters. And some people may be yelling as a joke, you know, as an acknowledgement of, hey, I recognize you in that from your, this one role. Uh, and it may be coming across their own way, but then there's others that are actually angry because. You picked on uh, Bill Murray's character. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And in more, you know, the thing that comes to mind for me from that, from more recent history, several actors from Game of Thrones 
oh, have gotten yeah. hardcore shit for p- either playing a character or for things that were out of their control, like the writing of the show. Like the actors didn't write the show. They just played their part. But then they are the ones who get, get the shit for it. Or that like the kid that played Joffrey, he's gotten a lot of hate. Yeah, well, well, let's uh, bring it to a realm that you'll uh, appreciate a lot more. Uh, Star Wars, the kid that played Anakin in episode one, he got forced out of the movie career because everybody hated on him. Yeah, same for Hayden Christensen. Yeah. Yeah, but that one's a little bit more understandable because it's Hayden Christensen, right? I think he's a good actor. I've seen him in some stuff other than Star Wars, although his career is unless something has happened very recently, basically died after star Wars for the same kind of reasons. Yeah. Star Wars is kind of a double edged sword, huh? Yeah. Uh, but I was more joking on that one. Uh, but, uh, it's just people get, Oh, it looks like, uh, his, uh, career is pretty much star Wars these days. I just, uh, looked him up. Uh, let's put it this way. There's a lot of star Wars voice credits. Fair. Yeah. Fair enough. But then again, he probably makes enough money just off the merchandise uh, royalties, right? God, I hope so. He deserves it for having to have played that character. Or more put up with George Lucas without any checks and balances, right? I don't know. That could have been fun. Could have been like your weird, like, eccentric, drunk, rich uncle. Yeah, but the problem is that he he has a possibility of ruining your your career by... uh, one of those racist raids or something. Fair. Fair. As long as it was fun while it lasted, though. Um, but yeah, that, well, that, it's that, not very much fun if you uh, uh, if you have Samuel L. Jackson and he doesn't uh, uh, start uh, yelling motherfucker. Mother, yeah. Motherfucker. Uh, I, you'd know in his head uh, whenever they deny Hayden Christensen, well, yeah, Atticon's uh, uh, Play, uh, placement as a uh, master you'd know uh in his head samuel L. jackson was saying you're not a fucking master <laughs> yeah motherfucker sit down and shut the fuck up and if you want one more time i'm gonna jam my lightsaber up your ass so far up your ass it's gonna come uh, out the, your mouth yeah the only thing that you're gonna be seeing is the hilt that says uh, bad motherfucker on it bad motherfucker there has to be an um, edit somewhere of just Samuel L. Jackson, what the what his character would actually say. Yeah, there's got to be somewhere. I mean, come on, there was one that removed uh, Jar Jar. Yeah. Even though I kind of admit, I kind of wish in the sequels uh, series that they just said, okay, fine, it was Dar- uh, Darth Jar Jar all along and make the entire ride worth it. Yeah, I could have gone for that. It's a me. <laughs> it's a me. That was more of a Mario thing. I know. Excuse me. <laughs> All right. Um, let's uh, move it on out from news topics. Um, did we have any community corner stuff? I didn't uh, even look. No, I didn't see any. Uh, no tweets. Uh, no emails. Just balls. So if you wish to contribute to the community corner, podcast at gmail.com or podcast on the Twitter or just drop by the Discord, which you can find on vglpodcast.podbean.com. Uh, a link over there. Awesome. Well, that means it's time for us to 
doobly do on over to a discovery queue which i have one immediately but i am off the show notes so i have to go back over okay so uh where uh, hold still okay there we go sorry everything was loading back in i got dragon age 2 this is a very eh, i played the demo of it back in the day and it's very very different from the original dragon age and not in a good way, actually. <laughs> they made it into more of an ARPG when the original Dragon Age, at least on PC, it was a strategic top-down uh, RPG. A very uh, C- a CRPG, actually. And they swapped it around and never really went back to that more strategic view. And it just it felt like the Dragon Age series just went further and further down that path. Which it's disappointing to me, but if you want something like that, there you go, right? Yeah. I've never played Dragon Age 2. I've played um, uh, <coughs> the, the first one. Dragon and Age uh, Awakening? Yeah. Dragon Age Origins Awakening or whatever. Uh, Dragon Age Oranges uh, and Apples and, or something like that. Yeah. And then I've played Dragon Age Inquisition. I, I skipped two. Yeah, oh, so you played the MMO one. Yeah, which actually I, I quite liked. It was good. Um, but it is very much like a single-player MMO. So if you don't like gathering 10 bear asses and every two minutes, then might not be for you. Um, but yeah, I got, uh, for my first one, I got Satisfactory, which is on Steam. It's been on Steam for, I think, a, a couple, two or three months now. Um, I, I've played this before. I've talked about it on the show. I got a Yeah, so you're saying it's okay? <laughs> indeed indeed it's quite satisfactory so i don't know if you can mix or if, if you can play with someone who's got it on the epic store um probably not i would just assume i know that jim in our community has it on steam and myself and i think cube have it pretty sure cube has it on the epic store um so you know if you want to play there's people in the community that have it um but yeah, it's it's a it's a very satisfactory game. So I have a first person adventure mystery called Old Gods Rising by Bad Blood Studios. This is a very actually pretty game. Uh, has a very nice aesthetic to it. Uh, not a lot of what actually this game is because yeah, you know, uh, it's a, a adventure game or uh, or a mystery game, I guess I should say. But a bit of uh, walking simulator, a bit of possibly missed from the uh, from the store page. Mm-hmm. Looks like not a lot of player data on it though. All time peak twelve players. So if uh, there's not a good hint system, you may be boned if you're looking for help online. Uh, it looks like there's not a lot of puzzles. There's a lot of sections where you're just walking around looking. So yeah, it does seem like more walking simulator than a uh, adventure game, but. Uh, what the hell, right? Yeah. So this is interesting looking. It's called Townscaper. Um, the description is not helpful. It says instant town building toy, but going and looking down at it, it looks uh, like this, instead of oh, this being like a. This was actually in the uh, HIO bundle, if I recall correctly. It's essentially oh, okay. a toy. Yeah, I, it's. I think it was in the bundle. I could be mistaken. Yeah, or I, you saw, build... or, or I saw it before. It's essentially a toy. Yeah, you're yeah. building like towns, but it looks like it's using a little bit of 
um, like a, a predictive algorithm or some type of generation. And it's like you place some basic stuff and then it builds a town out of the stuff that you place. It looks cute. looks neat. If it's on HIO, um, you know, and you were somebody who bought that big bundle, then there you go. Otherwise, it's only six bucks. Okay, so I got uh, WGT Golf. This is a free-to-play golf game. So uh, if you want a more traditionally controlled golf game, uh, here you go. I'm not sure how it deals with a player base because it looks like it doesn't have much of one, at least on Steam. Uh, Head-to-head multiplayer mode, top golf mode, country clubs, blah, blah, blah. And of course, it's a, it's a free-to-play multiplayer game. I'm assuming that it's going to be a, a bit tougher to actually progress because, yeah, monetization somewhere, right? Yeah. But if you want something that's yeah, handled a bit more traditionally, there you go. Um, I got Heavy Rain. Oh, I got that a couple weeks ago, but go for it. Oh, I, I forgot... Sorry, uh, go, um, no, go for it. Uh, it doesn't matter uh, as long as it's not the week of. Yeah, so Heavy Rain um, is an older PlayStation game. Uh, part of several that are coming have have been coming to Steam developed by. It's Quantum a David Dream. Cage uh, game. I mean, yeah, that could, be, that could either make it or break it for you. It's also one of the older, cringier ones. Yeah, I've liked um, from what I've I've always wanted to play Heavy Rain and what was the other one that he did that was on PlayStation that was like about the girl with a ghost. Um, um, shit. What? Whatever. He's got like three big games: Heavy Rain, Detroit, Detroit Become Human, and then the other one that I can't remember the name of that I just mentioned. But um, I'm 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 into them. I, I like the idea of them. So uh, Beyond Two Souls. Beyond Two Souls, yeah. That has to be it. <laughs> yeah, and they're all on Steam now, so um, eventually at some point I will get them and play them. Oh, hey, that's a, a bundle. It's right here below the Quantic Dream bundle. Detroit, Beyond Two Souls, and Heavy Rain for 65 bucks. So maybe next year when it's down to like half of that, hopefully that'll be when mm-hmm. I jump in and play it. So I got a st- simultaneous turn-based combat game with a bit of deck building in it as well, called Last Regiment. Uh, I'm not exactly sure of what to call this. or It's not Hearthstone-like, because it's played out on more traditional maps. It's uh, kind of interesting. It looks like it's handled in different phases uh, of combat. I haven't seen this one before. It looks like there's not a lot of players. I'm not sure if it's... looks like there is a single-player uh, aspect of it with some online PvP and some sort of cross-platform multiplayer, so maybe it's mobile? Uh, just checking. Um, yeah, it looks like it was on mobile. Not sure if it still is because, you know, mobile games uh, can uh, come and go, as we found out, right? Yeah, I am... But yeah, uh, looks neat if there's a player base for the multiplayer excellent uh if uh it's uh handles uh, uh you know be able to queue up turns and uh, be able to uh use the uh, that system on steam great uh, especially if you have a free friends or like to play this otherwise you know mm. also it depends on how the single player uh works okay you're up 
Yeah, I was... Sorry, I was watching a, a video to try and understand this a little bit better. Um, Starship Evo. This is a... It doesn't look like a survival crafting game. Just a crafting game. Although, hell, who knows? That's what I was trying to figure out. It's not very clear. Um, it says that it's it's sandbox gaming, but that could mean anything, basically. But it looks like you are, are building or crafting um, ships in a sort of, like space engineers type way but maybe not having to mine for resources and going and exploring and doing cool stuff i don't know everything honestly everything is kind of vague but it looks like something that i want that it like would probably be up my alley and i recognize several of the ships that they're showing in the video like they've got the space uh space battleship yamato apparently they've built that and then there is uh something from elite dangerous and then a ship from Homeworld. And then um, what looks like one of the weird junks from... Uh, ah, shit. I can just can't, I cannot remember the names of shit tonight. It's got Bruce Willis in it. And, Fifth Element. Yeah, Fifth Element. Thank you. So, I don't know. It looks neat. I mean, this is something that looks like it'd be up my alley. If it was on sale, I'd probably impulse buy it right now. But it's 20 bucks, not on sale. It just released a couple of weeks ago. So I'm going to keep an eye on this. Yeah, I mean, I can't blame them for not being on sale right now, being pretty recent. Yeah. So I got an odd one, okay? This graphically looks terrible, all right? It's called Godless Tactics. It's another tactical game. But it's a mixture of tactical RPG, grand strategy, and some regular RPG management in it as well. It sounds a lot like Warband, uh, where you're in a fantasy realm, uh, building up your character, building up an army, and trying to divert uh, or build up your own faction. It sounds a lot like that, actually. But the graphics are very substandard on this, so I think a lot of people are going to pass over this just because it... They take a look at the screenshot and think, oh, wow. But a dramatic, a dynamic uh, war map, uh, fast turn-based uh, battles, and explore the world of 2952. Uh, so basically, the air was poisoned, humanity fled underground, and stayed there for 800 years, uh, and you're trying to rebuild humanity. Very interesting, actually. From the reviews, it sounds like it's a pretty deep game. It just... It has the Dwarf Fortress Syndrome, where it looks a, a lot less deep than what it actually is, potentially. Cool. So uh, I got uh, Rival Stars Horse Racing <laughs> Poland Desktop Edition. I So this is a mobile game, and this is the steepest mobile tax ever. It's a free-to-play game on mobile, 40 bucks on PC. It must be fucking expensive to play it on mobile. Yeah, must be. Um... Looks like, at least comparing the screenshots between what they're showing for PC versus what I'm, what's on mobile, there's a lot more depth to the horse racing aspect um, and definitely some graphical improvements they've made. Otherwise, who knows like what your 40 bucks is getting you. I'm looking... Let's see. I'll, all it says is offers in-app purchases. It doesn't say what it means. Oh, it'd be hilarious if... Uh, they didn't remove anything, so it was a fee-to-play game. Yeah. 
But I mean, just with you talking about horse racing and neat things earlier, I just I couldn't pass up mentioning horse racing. Uh, and there's some people that are saying as well. There are some people are saying that uh, the free version of the phone is better in almost every way. Uh, it just uh, it has time gates. Wow, that's not a ringing endorsement. It's the opposite. Uh, that would be uh, the president talking about opening schools. Oh, uh... yes, I went political. So I got a 2D platformer called Right, or sorry, Right, because all capitals, right? Right. Uh, it has a very um, super Beat Boy feel to it, where it's very fast paced, uh, very uh, trial and, or not trial and error, but yeah, it takes time to build up to be able to beat a level. I mean, if they have it like Super Beat Boy, where uh, you know, you die, you pretty much instantly respawn and try it again. Great. I'm just watching the trailer right now, and there's some rather insane levels. A lot of instant death traps, a lot of wall jumping. I would like to know just how quickly you can restart a level, though, because that's the thing. Yeah, that's what kind of made Super Meat Boy to me, was that you quickly restarted a level, and the music didn't uh, restart. I know that sounds not very important, but it's made it so that you didn't hear the first three fucking notes of the level 50 times until you got past that first very difficult jump. And looking at some of the level design on the trailer, holy shit, right? Oh, sorry. Right! Right! But yeah, it looks fun if you're into ultra-hard uh, platformers. All right. Um, I got one that is on your wish list, so perhaps you've talked about this before. Main Assembly. Sounds familiar. Um, I'm waiting for the link so I can take a look at it. Yeah, it looks like you. it's got crafting tools. Yeah, and, I talked about this a while back, but go for it. Okay, so it's got looks like it's got crafting tools where you can build different vehicles and other things, and you can drive them yourself, or you can use... Uh, it's got like a programming thing. Then you can actually program their AI and then have them try and complete challenges. Looks pretty cool. Um, I like the idea. Um, so, you know, I'm going to put that one on my wish list. It's another one that if it was cheaper, I'd impulse buy it. But looks like it's a fairly re- recent release and is also not on sale. So like you said before, don't blame him for that. But I'll keep my eye on it for another sale time. Okay. This is one I almost skipped over because there's been a thing of just junk games. But what the hell? The Walking Fish 2 Final Frontier. This is a comedy horror first-person game. I have no idea what the fuck, but there's some positive reviews and there's uh, and there's uh, some negative reviews, but saying that's funny and that uh, the joke falls flat. But what the hell, right? Yeah. We don't see a lot of comedy horror uh, in uh, gaming, so why the hell not? Um, I don't have another one just yet. I'm trying to figure out what this is, so if you've got another one for it. Well, I got a free-to-play uh, um, bubble port, which I'm a little afraid it's uh, a gotcha game, but what the hell at this point? So Valkyrie Connect. Uh, free-to-play mobile port uh, going by the tra- trailer. Uh, looks like people are saying that the mobile app may be a bit better. Uh, the Steam doesn't have uh, uh, some features yet. 
But if you want uh, yo, a uh, free-to-play uh, gotcha game, I guess. Uh, there you go, right? Yeah. Um. So this is, this is the last one on my queue as well. It's called Make Your Kingdom Prologue. Um, I think, though, that this is just a demo for Make Your Kingdom, which has not released yet. Um, it's a city-building game. Um, it's got, like, a... Going for, like, the cute sort of low-poly art style. Um, kind of cartoony. Uh, you're developing a settlement and protecting your people and trying to uh, make sure you satisfy their needs so your city will grow, etc., etc. So one of those... Um, which is up my alley, but it's just a little confusing at first. So, looks like Make Your Kingdom is available for Q4 of this year, so I wouldn't be surprised if it's not pushed till next year. Um, and this says free to play, but then it's got like a little demo thing, so I don't know. Who knows? But it looks cute, and I like stuff like this, so I might try it out. Demo or full-fledged free to play game, either way, might give it a shot. Okay, I'm probably gonna need some help on this first word because holy shit. Okay, you're a Gami uh, generation. Um, Umarangi? Umarangi? Uh, I have no idea what uh, that word is. Person photography game set in a shitty future. No, I'm not. <laughs> uh, that's, that's, that's actually on the uh, store page. Yeah. From first person photography game in the shitty future. So our uh, future. No, no, that would be present. Ah. So, essentially, it's a sci-fi version of Pokemon Snap, going by some of uh, how the uh, reviews make it sound, where you go through levels, take uh, photos, and learn stories about the world, with photo bounties, figuring out how to uh, get certain shots, but also a little bit of environmental storytelling as well. So interesting. Yeah, it and looks it ha- very cute. And it has a demo. So if you want to try it out, which uh, was probably from one of the uh, Steam uh, uh, demo things that uh, just missed this one in the uh, in the lineup then. And uh, my final cue or my final game is shit looking. So I'm going to skip that. Sweet. So you, I had a pretty good one. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven for me, which is pretty good. And you had nine, which is pretty on par for you. Yeah. You usually well, have between seven and nine. Yeah. I mean, there's there was one time I had a, the full rack, huh? Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a shame that uh, uh, May Assembly isn't on sale, but it's hard to really... Uh, I still had it open... Uh, we talked about this a little bit before. It's hard to justify buying a game that's not on sale when there's a big sale going on. Yeah. In general, as a PC gamer, it's hard to justify bank- buying a game not on sale unless it's just like, I really, really, really want this and have been wanting it for a while. And it hasn't gone on sale, so, you know, Murphy's Law, right? Yeah. Although I, mean, I have impulse- to admit that, uh, that seeing the trailer with uh, the Tintin rocket is neat. Impulse buying is definitely a thing, but most people usually have an impulse buy price range. Not always, but mm-hmm. you know, typically if I impulse buy something, it's less than $10. Which money is relative. $10 could be a lot to somebody. Usually $10. I mean, it's in my impulse buy range, so usually $10 is not 
a lot for me as long as I'm not like all the time like oh my god there's eight things that are ten dollars I'm gonna buy all of them but every once in a while I can spend ten dollars and it's not a big deal for me but I digress as usual um hey rage I'm gonna <laughs> stop talking and say why don't you hit him with the socials oh I've been caffeine rage you can find me on Twitter bitching about COVID uh, COVID idiots at gaming a CR you can be my friend on Steam caffeine rage and you've been gaming psychologist you can find me over on the youtube by searching for gaming psychologist on twitter at jma4707 you never know what i'm going to tweet about probably something uh insulting towards covidiots or that type of people or something gay maybe sexy but usually not about me if it's sexy and then if you want to be my friend be my friend or why shouldn't you be happy hey you can do so by sending a friend request to jarthur4707 and if you were to let know exactly what episode of the podcast you're coming from, the password for this week is Cat Caddy. <laughs> nice. Yeah, during our little uh, adventure uh, in uh, <laughs> the golf club, both of my cats were in here at one point, and they were my caddies. They did not help. As a matter of fact, they may have hindered me. But that's what you get with having a cat. You know, they just chase after the ball, cost you a few strokes. Right. Especially if they steal it and run away with it. Well, well, one's too small to uh, be able to pick it up yet. But it's cute. So, uh, so yeah. Although they are getting along uh, uh, rather nice nowadays. So that's uh, a load off my mind. And then silence. So once again, you can contact us, VGLpodcast, at gmail.com with your letters, voicemails, gaming-related topics. Or just tweet them to us, VGL Podcast, on the Twitter. Our lovely, lovely patrons have supported us for a very long time. You can find out more at patreon.com slash VGL Podcast. And our lovely patrons have supported us with our Podbean, vglpodcast.podbean.com, which hosts the RSS feed, the show notes, links to all our stuff, including the Discord. Or you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, or your podcatcher of choice. Our intro and outro music is On the Ground by Kevin McLeod and Doobly Doo. It's our Discovery Q music. You can find his work over at, com- at Computech.com. And as always, as his lovely music starts to roll across my voice, bye bye now. See you next time. Bye bye. <laughs>